Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen. To my right is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Tyler Guthrie. How's it going today, man? How's it hanging, Garth? I had another good weekend of racing with IndyCar starting back up. Yes, yes we did. You always say, how's it hanging? And I always question what is supposed to be hanging. Apparently DeFrancesco's car in the air at St. Petersburg. But it wasn't even just DeFrancesco. Uh, didn't Kirkwood go airborne too? Yeah, yeah, he did a little bit of a leap over <laughs> a couple yeah. cars. He just took a joker lap. That's all he did. See, this is what happens when you have an open wheel racing series where the cars aren't separated by about 30 seconds from each other. Take Ooh. notes, F1. Shots fired. Yeah, what a I, you know, way I mean, to start the season. That is true. Uh, third place in the in the Formula One race today was 38 seconds off of uh, Max Verstappen. So, yeah, I I can't even lie. I woke up at like I had an alarm set to try to watch the F1 race today. But I woke up late, checked the intervals between first, second, and third, and by about lap 12, I think second place was seven seconds off the lead, and third was like 15-something seconds off the lead, and I just went back to bed. I mean, it was just another case of mostly what happened last year, as I have a cattail swishing around in my face. Um, it was It was the same thing we've seen most of last year and most of the year before, just Max Verstappen running away with everything because red bull is far superior at the moment and when you've got a combination like red bull and max verstappen I just, it, that's going to happen most weeks yeah, um still and they doesn't seem give an excuse for verstappen being seven seconds clear of Perez by the end of like lap five but well and i think he was further clear of that by the end of the race i think he was like 18 seconds up on perez at the end of the it, race it, but it's ridiculously boring to watch it is uh, most weeks, yes. I mean, outside of lap one, turn one, there's usually not a lot going on. I do keep up on it just because I do enjoy motorsports, but... The pinnacle of motor racing where no longer... There's no passing anymore. There's no racing. It's just... Here, we make money. See, and that's the thing. And it's like... They... They get so excited anytime there is a pass made. Because... It's such a rare thing. It it amazes me how, and, and don't get me wrong, I like F1. I have a lot of respect for F1 as a series. The, the cars but, are awesome. Yeah, but it amazes me how F1 can be so much more popular than it is than IndyCar, where IndyCar, we saw a, a wild race in St. Petersburg today, and I guarantee you, if you want, once the ratings come out, I guarantee F1 pulled more viewers for Bahrain than IndyCar pulled for St. Pete, and that's a travesty. Now, oh, yeah. I I understand why it happens. Drive to Survive has made F1 incredibly popular in America, and it kind of dramatizes a lot of stuff that weren't necessarily as exciting in the moment in the race. Which that's TV. That's that's how TV works. Um, TV shows, but um, at the same time. If you sit down and watch an F1 race, you'll realize that Drive to Survive makes it a hell of a lot more exciting than the race itself actually is. Whereas IndyCar, if you sit down and watch it, it doesn't need a show like that. Even though they've got a show like that that they've got in production for this season, it doesn't need it because the racing product speaks for itself. 
I think IndyCar just shoots themselves in the foot with this stupid beginning of the year schedule. The next race is going to be April 2nd at Texas. You got the first race at St. Pete and then a full month break until the second race. And a lot of people don't even don't even remember that the season opener is this was this weekend. And then you're supposed to expect them to remember to come back at Texas of all places in a month. Now, IndyCar is one of the most diverse racing series behind NASCAR and with the different types of tracks they go to, street courses, road courses, super speedways, small speedways, it's just, it's such a fun series to watch, and it gets a lot of knocks from European sports for being a spec series, but as far as spec series go, IndyCar's incredibly entertaining to watch, and the field, I think, in qualifying, the field was separated by about a second, maybe a second and a half, When's the last time you've seen that in F1? It's been a long time. If it's ever even happened. I'm sure it happened at some point, but it's been a long time, I'm sure. F1, it's the pinnacle of motorsport engineering. Those cars are insane, but they're just so boring to watch now. And it's not even its not even really the racing's boring. It, when they cut the onboard cameras and the steering wheel's just straight the entire time, it just looks like they're logging laps. Then you cut the IndyCar, and they come blasting through turn three at St. Pete and hit the bump and full opposite lock at 120 mm-hmm. mile an hour. It, it, it's incredibly fun to watch. Well, and like how when Kirkwood went airborne, comes back down, and everybody is sure that he has messed up the underside of that car and he's going to be done, and he comes back out and still competes in, I don't know if he finished the race, but he definitely came back out and made a few more laps. F1, you'd have definitely been done if you'd have done something like that. There's no way that wouldn't have broken something that you couldn't have finished. Uh, And that speaks to the durability of the F1 cars. Or not to the Indy cars. You know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying half the time, but you know what I'm saying, right? I got you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think today's crash, especially the lap one crash, definitely speaks to the survivability. I don't want to say that. The safety of Indy cars these days, because... I mean, when's the last time you've seen a T-bone at 140 mile an hour in an open wheel series and everybody just gets out mostly okay? I know Simon Pagano got the wind knocked out of him. Elliot Keshner was kind of limped over to his car. But everybody, all right, released the infield care center. And after getting what looked like, I don't know, 10, 15 feet of airtime, good to see everybody okay. Well, and Elio even made the comment when he came out of the care center that he never really felt like he was actually injured. It was more of a case of like hitting your funny bone, how it hurts, but you know, you didn't actually do anything to it. It just stings for a minute until it goes away. Right. Well, while we're on topic, we'll get IndyCar out of the way. Hunter laps at St. Petersburg to kick off the season. Marcus Erickson getting the win. I know a lot of people thought he'd have a really good year this year. I think today's win, I don't think is really indicative of, anybody's speed really because the andretti cars were insanely fast and in a typical andretti fashion found a way to lose the race uh it's so yeah it's kind of a travesty that uh grosjean didn't win that race i i will never understand why penske drivers can't drive on cold tires but whatever (laughs) uh pato award second place for mclaren i'm he almost won that race and then just 
fell like a rock in the last five or six laps. Well, he had some sort of mechanical issue. I can't remember what they said it was, but his engine like cut out for a minute coming out of that corner. It like they initially thought he had like hit the pit road speed limit button, and that's what caused him to slow down so rapidly. But I guess the team said it was something. Like, it got air in the engine or something. Yeah, that's what it was. it got too much boost in the turbo and automatically cut the engine down. Scott Dixon in third place. Scott Dixon. (laughs) That man has been here forever. And... He's a living legend. Somebody made this point earlier. Scott Dixon, Kevin Harvick, and Fernando Alonso. Three people that have been here for almost 20 years and still at the top of their game and their sport it's incredible to watch i've liked scott dixon for a while and i i I wish he could have just won saint pete this week because they had a statistic he's been there like 19 times and still hasn't won saint pete yet so i feel like next year if he wins saint pete he's just gonna retire week two i i mean he's won everything else Fourth place, Alexander Rossi for a new team. McLaren showed some speed, but again, it helps when like eight cars ahead of you are knocked out of the race by the time you finish. Callum Eilat in fifth. I've always been impressed with Callum Eilat in IndyCar. I think he, last year was his rookie season, I believe, and he showed some speed in a car that's not known for being super quick the Hunkos team is a fairly new team they've been around did the Indy 500 a couple years and I think this is the second year they've had a full-time car in recent times they might have done it a couple years ago but now they got two cars in this race today Callum Eilat getting fifth place good for him Graham Rahal in sixth willpower seventh after some penalties Alex Pillow in eighth did you see when Pillow just shoved Newgarden off the hairpin on the restart? No, I don't think I saw that. It's pretty funny. Newgarden tried to hang it around the outside of Pillow, and Pillow just hung a left on him. Christian Lungard hmm. in ninth, and David Malukas in tenth. I've been impressed with David Malukas last year. Um, it'd be nice to see if he kept the same speed this year, but I, I really like that kid. Yeah, no, I was I was pretty impressed with him today too. I don't really know that much about him. Um, I know the name, but I never really like paid too much attention to him. But yeah, he was he was pretty impressive today. I'll have to keep an eye on him. Other notables, a lot of cars didn't make the end of the race. 18th to mm-hmm. 27th didn't finish. Uh, Stingray Rob in 16th. What a name! The man, the myth, the legend himself, Stingray Rob. What a name! Uh, yep. He went from being in a lap one, turn one crash to finishing the race. That's more than he could say for a lot of other cars. Connor Daly, 14th. I thought he was going to be done for the day in the first lap crash, too. But Well, then he, he was the one that Kyle Kirkwood vaulted over, too. So he no, had a very VK. eventful day. Huh? That was VK. Are you sure I was pretty sure that was Connor Daly? I'm positive it was VK. Because it was the golden white car. I'm 99% sure that was I'm 100% daily. positive that I'm right. Because VK has like the giant <laughs> eyebrows that look like the woolly mm-hmm. worm caterpillars on his head. And they cut to him after the crash to interview him. I am 100% positive it was Rena's VK. I'm looking this up. 
because I, I was right. sure that was Connor Daly. I am right. Oh, shit, it was VK. Yeah, I, that face. Why that did face, I think that was that Daly? That face needs to be the thumbnail because I was right and you were wrong. What face? <laughs> Your realization that I was right. Oh, I didn't even know I made a face. I don't know. You, you didn't really. It was kind of underwhelming, but whatever. You know what? Yeah, That's what right. people generally say about me. I'm I'm just very <laughs> underwhelming. That's why I'm single. Damn. All right. <laughs> Self-deprecating <Anyway>. humor. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. So tune in in about a month when IndyCar returns to the absolutely awful track of Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah, just go back to forgetting IndyCar exists for a month. It won't exist for a month and... Then we go to Texas, which doesn't really count. I think so. That it might as well Peacock not exist anyway. at that point either. Yeah. I think that race is exclusively on Peacock. So first, you had to find the motivation to even remember the IndyCar comes back, then push through the fact that they're racing at Texas to go resubscribe to Peacock because you didn't want to waste a month on that <laughs> to watch Texas. It. I mean, I don't necessarily blame them for making it Peacock only because I can't imagine that race would draw a high rating on on Big NBC or no. on USA. Like, I don't even think it would draw enough on USA to make it worth them putting it on USA. So no. I can't necessarily blame them for making it Peacock only. Although they did uh, put out a couple interviews with higher management in IndyCar this week that said they're trying to expand to tracks in the southeastern United States. So if you got an oval in the southeastern United States, <clears throat> Miami, start looking around for some IndyCar options. Didn't they used to race there? And wasn't it they pretty good? They did used to race in Miami. It used to be the season finale. Oh, just like it was with NASCAR, and it was so much better than Phoenix. I hate Phoenix. <laughs> God, Everybody does. It's so... Here, I got an idea. We'll take this crappy track and make it better by moving the start-finish line. The only people that like Phoenix, and, and I'm sure there's going to be exceptions to this. Somebody's going to be down in the comments. I love watching Phoenix races. The Kevin only Harvick's people, the only person. Even he hasn't done very well there recently. Um, they put a stat up. He's got like nine wins or some crazy he stuff. He does, there. but not any within like the last five years well it doesn't help that this car isn't great on short tracks anyway right the only people that like phoenix are the people that can actually go there and be there in person because that's and the whole reason they gave yeah exactly because that's the whole reason they gave phoenix the championship race was because they updated the amenities of the track and made it a really good fan experience so if you can go to the track you can kind of look past the fact that the racing sucks and just be like, I'm having a good time because this place is great. But to just sit there on TV and watch it, it is so excruciatingly boring. It would be so much better to be back at Homestead. Don't worry. Uh, we still don't get a night race there. At Homestead? Or at, at Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know that that would really make a difference. It used no, to be a night there, race. We go there twice. I, here's my beef. If we go to two tracks, or if we go to a track twice in the same season in NASCAR, one of them's got to be at night. Please. They've been, kind of been getting away from night races. I don't know what the number is, but I feel like it's down into the single digits for night races at this point. There's not very many. It is, and I was thinking about that the entire time while I was watching the truck race because mm -hmm. it was 
the truck race was probably the most interesting race of the weekend again, but I don't know. Night races need to be a thing. I hate the TV ratings have killed night races, and now the only real night race that we have is Bristol. There's a couple yeah. other ones, but I remember Bristol night being a huge deal, and the Pepsi 400 at Daytona being a huge deal over the summer. Don't worry, we replaced it with the Chicago street course for the 4th of <laughs> July weekend this year. I just counted them up. Because nothing screams America more than NASCAR <laughs> in Chicago. Right. I just counted them up. There are eight night races on this season's schedule, and that counts the North Wilkesboro All-Star Race. Well, it'd be nine if you count the Clash also. So taking those out, there are seven points races at night this season, those being Bristol Dirt. Well, so both Bristol races are at night. Uh, North Wilkesboro All-Star is at night. Uh, Coke 600's at night. Nashville's at night. Chicago Street Course starts at 5.30, although I don't know how that could be a night race because there's no way they're going to have lights set up for that, so I'm not going to count that. <laughs> July Atlanta is a night race. That's a new thing because that wasn't night last year. That might be cool. Yeah. Uh, Daytona in August is, of course, a night race. The Southern 500 is at night, the fall Bristol race, and that's it. Thank God we put Everything lights around else. Martinsville. I know, right? Yeah, they're and putting Phoenix. those to real good use. Jesus huh? Christ. And Phoenix. Good thing we put lights yeah. around Phoenix. I I, I just I, I don't get it. I If you look at football in America, primetime games are not the 1 o'clock games. They're not the 4 mm-hmm. o'clock games. They're the night games. Everything just looks better at night. And I, I, this is another gripe I have with the next-gen cars. Please excuse me for my griping <laughs> on the next-gen cars. The fact that they're all wraps now instead of paint. Because I, I know this used to be a story with Hendrick, even in the Gen 6 cars. They used to keep painting their cars for night races because of their sponsorship with Exalta. Even when everybody else was wrapping the car the rest of the year, they would paint theirs at night, and it would just look so much better than the rest of the field. And I I love seeing the lights on the cars, and staying up late as a kid to watch NASCAR at night was always fun. I'm glad the Daytona 500 finishes at night now. I think that adds a little bit more just interest to the race. Mm -hmm. But even NASCAR races better at night. Like, who wants to go to Las Vegas at 3 p.m.? Granted, it's <laughs> right? like noon in California, but... Yeah. I... Vegas is not in California. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we'll cut that You've been part getting out. those confused all week, because last week you were trying to say California was in <laughs> Vegas or something. I don't remember what you were saying, but you had it backward. Dude, I... West the the of... West Coast... The West, West Coast of St. is all Louis one big exist. state to Tyler. West of St. Louis has not been explored yet. Clearly not. It's all still the Oregon Trail to Tyler. <laughs> Here, I got an idea. Let's put a night NASCAR race on the Oregon Trail. There we go. Pikes Peak Hill Climb Part 2. Yeah, right? That so, would actually be entertaining. It would be. NASCAR um, Pikes Peak. I, I think NASCAR should just go back to the Pikes Peak Oval Track. Look, that would be cool. They even they figured it out. They put lights on a NASCAR Garage 56 mm-hmm. entry. Lights <laughs> yep. on a NASCAR. It exists. Yep. Do it, please. So, 
So here's the thing with night races that I think is the reason why they're going away. I don't necessarily agree with it, but apparently the ratings were not there for night races in the last few years. So they have gone to where they know the TV ratings are, and that being Sunday afternoon races, which sucks for those of us that will tune in no matter what, but that's kind of the nature of the beast at this point. TV kind of controls everything. Unfortunately, TV doesn't control how many people are actually at the race. I remember for a couple years, they had the Bristol day race in the spring and the night race in the fall and the night race is always sold out i think night race at bristol's been sold out for like forever and then i don't think it is anymore it is sold out almost sold out this year i tried getting tickets the other day and it was like you can get a nosebleed if you really want (laughs) wait it's it's already that close for this year i think so that's Bristol, good, because honestly. of Bristol being the dirt race and the night race, that those races are pretty well packed. Because it used to be you'd get the day race and hate your life because they changed Bristol <laughs> and it sucks and it's in the middle of the day and it's pointless. Now they made the dirt race at night. That's kind of neat. Um, yeah, they changed it. Well, they changed it. I think they ran it at night last year too because. When they ran it yeah, during the did. day, it just be- it just became a dust bowl, and you couldn't <laughs> see anything, and the it wasn't a good dust product. Bowl derby at Bristol, right? Bristol, yeah. Bay. So, I still can't get behind that race to begin with. I don't know if maybe I just need to see it in person, but it's it, just it's not exciting idea, to watch have, on TV. It's a neat idea, but when you have dirt tracks in the U.S. that could, well, right? Okay, and that's that's been my argument. If you want to run a dirt race. Do it on a purpose-built dirt track. Don't yeah. take away a good track and turn it into a well, dirt track that doesn't even race well as a dirt track. It does. Go to somewhere well that's actually track. a dirt track. Hmm? It doesn't race well as a dirt track, but don't worry. Chase Elliott <laughs> fans can get their raced diecast that For like, finishing 10th. Yeah, I didn't. Chase yeah. Elliott fans. Also, we hope Chase Elliott gets better. Yes. It was actually, I think I texted something about saying it'd be funny if Josh Berry outperformed Chase Elliott. And then, then like, I don't the three, think he did. The three other Hendrick cars were the top three for most of the race. And, and then, he was like two laps down. Yeah. That didn't yeah. really go so well. But, no. Nope. Wasn't that Josh Berry's first, like, time getting in a cup car? I do believe it was. I think that. No, 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 no. He has made a. Hang on. Let me look this up. I know he's made at least one cup start before. In the next-gen car? I don't know if it was in the next-gen or not. Let's find out. Racing reference is your friend, boys and girls. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Josh Berry. He made two starts uh, 2021. So this would be his first starts in the next-gen. He made yeah. two... Sp- Two starts for Spire in 2021 at Dover and at Michigan. I would argue that the Hendrick next-gen car is a little bit different than the Spire Gen 6 car. I would say so, yes. Spire has gotten better since 2021, but they're... Corey LaJoy's been doing pretty well so far this year. That team slowly and methodically has been getting better. It's just very quietly. Like You don't really notice most of the time that Corey LaJoy is getting faster, but... 
unless it's Daytona, Talladega, or Atlanta, where he's generally up front in those races. But um, there's been fewer he's jokes been... about it, though. Huh? There's been fewer jokes about the Spire car recently. It's how you know it's getting faster. Right. I mean, he's he's been fairly consistently top 20, even top 15, even yeah. outside of Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta lately. So, yeah, that team is is very slowly getting better, and they're not the joke of a team that they used to be. I can't wait for that Atlanta night race. I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, didn't even know it was a night race. No, I didn't know that was that. happening this year either, and yeah. you said Atlanta night. I'm like, ooh, nice. That could be interesting. I'm still not sold on, on new Atlanta, but could still be pretty cool see here's my opinion on new atlanta i don't love it but we would have had the repay of atlanta anyway and i'd rather i'd almost rather go to new atlanta than repaved old atlanta because repaved old atlanta had the opportunity of turning into every other mile and a half track on nascar schedule i disagree because Atlanta did race differently than the other mile and a half. It's not a lot different, but it did race yeah. different. A Atlanta was always my favorite mile and a half. I mean, Me too. Atlanta, old Atlanta, and when I say old Atlanta, I mean previous configuration, not the original configuration without the double dog leg on the front stretch. Um, the the one with the double dog leg on the front stretch, that's been top five favorite track of all time for me. Yeah, me too. Um, so it really pains me that that's not a thing anymore. And even a repaved version of that, I would have really liked to see, especially with how good the next-gen car races on mile and a half. So I think we could have had some seriously good racing in Atlanta, and you wouldn't even have had to change it. That's my only contention with it. I don't necessarily hate the racing at New Atlanta. I just don't like that we changed it because we didn't have to change it. I It's still would have been good racing even if we hadn't changed it. And and, and some people are going to just be like, "Oh, just let it go. You can't you can't change it now." And I'm and I know that, but it still pains me because I really liked old Atlanta. I'll be right back. I'm going to go watch Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson at Atlanta like 2011 for the 9,000th time. Dude, 2001 Atlanta, the race where there was like five of them that in contention race yes start. harvick's first win that race is an all-time classic that race was fantastic a lot mm -hmm. of people forget dave blaney should have won that race and i forget because i was like i don't even think i was born yet when that happened in 2001 you weren't born yet june 2001 oh wow you're younger than i thought you were yeah yeah <laughs> Little baby face over here. Um, All right, dinosaur. <laughs> that's right. You race um, Dynaco or something, though? Maybe I do. I mean, I do have the, the Sinclair car back here behind me with, with the dinosaur on it. I saw so. a Sinclair oil sign the other day, and I about took a picture of it because, yeah? I don't know, I just thought it was cool. Dude, Michael Self in the Sinclair car in ARCA was one of the coolest things ever, which... I, I love Michael Self. He's a great dude. Haven't talked to him in a long time since he left ARCA, but he was always a great dude um, and ran fantastic in ARCA. I really hate that he never got more of an opportunity than that because dude was seriously talented and I feel like could have really done well in, in the upper series of NASCAR and never really got the opportunity, but loved watching him in, in ARCA and loved just 
being around him and getting to know him because he was he was just a really good dude even outside of the car but um i do really enjoy having those sinclair cars because they were bad paint schemes speaking of bad paint schemes joey logano's penzoil car this weekend yes it's almost steve park throwback but i, I, I thought it car. was when i first looked at it like when i first saw that it was released because i i saw it was released as like a pre-order from lionel for a die cast so i'm like is that his darlington throwback for this year because it's getting to be about that time since the may race is a throwback race now i was like is that his throwback for this year no that's the pennzoil scheme I want that to be the primary. I know it can't be, unfortunately, because Shell Pennzoil, not just Pennzoil, but that was so cool. I love that scheme. I really wish he could have done better in that. He had a really bad day today. <laughs> we might get a checkers or wreckers of that paint scheme, though. Doubt mm, it. I don't think it was damaged enough for that. Yeah, probably not. Checkers or wreckers airtime, need to be though. pretty damaged. huh? Got some good airtime, though. Did get some good airtime, yeah. That I was, do uh, love that car, though. Yeah. Just just remember, if you're going to a gas station, just remember that Shell is the boring <laughs> part of the 22 car. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, the, the Shell Pennzoil scheme is a lot more boring than the Pennzoil scheme. Um, and even in previous years, I've always thought the regular just Pennzoil scheme has been better than the Shell Pennzoil scheme. But they took it to a whole other level this year. That That was fantastic. The only time I've ever wanted Joey Logano to win a race, just so I could get the race win diecast <laughs> of that car. You said the same thing about Kyle Busch last week. Yeah, but I actually kind of like Kyle Busch again now. Yeah? See how long that lasts after he wins eight races this year. Uh, yeah, I do. we'll skip over the truck race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we do going... need to at least touch on that. We do need to touch on that. Let's start going through results for this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. In the cup race, William Byron taking home the win for Hendrick Motorsports. That is oh, we're going, we're going backward. We're starting with cup. We were talking about cup, so we'll just start with oh, cup. Okay, fair enough. Unless you want to, like, segue to truck series. No, no I, I, I don't have a problem with it either way. I just thought it was weird that because we usually start with trucks. Whatever. Go. Do your thing, <laughs> Mr. Results Man. Do your thing. <laughs> All right. Las Vegas, William Byron taking home the win for Hendrick Motorsports. Kyle Larson in second and Alex Bowman in third for a Hendrick 123. Uh, Mike Joy had an interesting stat about that. I forget exactly what he said, but there's a, an X number of times that that's happened in the Cup Series where Hendrick's gotten a 1-2-3, and it was a bigger number than most other teams. Bubba Wallace in fourth, bringing up the best of the rest. Very quiet day for Bubba The best of the rest. Wallace. I thought he had a quiet day, Bubba Wallace. He did, uh, which, I mean, honestly, most of his days are fairly quiet if we're being honest, unless he dominates or gets into an incident uh, that is not so quiet, which he's gotten into a few of those. But, um, yeah, uh, overall, yeah, very, very quiet, but a very solid day for Bubba. Um, a good run overall, I think. Christopher Bell rounding out your top five in another Toyota. Austin Sendrick in sixth for Penske. Martin Truex Jr. in 7th, Justin Haley, another good result in 8th, Kevin Harvick in ninth, and Daniel Suarez in 10th, rounding out your top 10. Justin Haley made it into the top 10? Justin Haley did make it into the top 10. Nice. Good run for him. 
That uh, the Colleague Cup program is slowly getting better too. We were talking about the Spire program getting better, but that Colleague Cup program I think is slowly getting better as well. Colleague as a whole, I think, is a very cool team, and the fact that it's a team you really when they started. I don't know that anybody really expected them to be a super successful team, but they've built one of the best teams in the Xfinity series now, and they're starting in that direction to be one of those teams in the Cup series as well. It's been really cool to see their trajectory since they started. They're a fun team to watch, I think. Mm -hmm. You saw them in the Xfinity series a couple times. They win a super speedway race, and all the teammates would kind of celebrate together in victory lane. It's it's a it seems like a fun place to be, and it see, translates into a fun place to see do well. I know A.J. Allmendinger's had a lot of fun there, even though he got taken out late in this race. But just colleague, I, I love that team. I don't know why. Agreed, yeah. And, and I feel like that's kind of the vibe I get from a lot of these newer teams, colleague, track house, 2311. They, they seem to have the vibe of somewhere that is just – fun to be at and it's not like how do i describe this just not like that that old school um i don't even know what word i'm looking for um help me out here it doesn't seem like it's so much of a grind to get to the top level anymore especially at the playoff format i mean you know matt colleague has said a couple times he wants trophies not finished race cars and mm -hmm. I, I think that gives his drivers a lot of confidence because you know if you send it into turn one on the last lap of the race and crash then your team's not going to be super mad at you and the playoff format helps that out I think because if you do send it into turn one and you do make it stick and you get a win then you don't really have to do anything until the last couple races of the season but another gripe for another time <laughs> That's right. Many, many gripes for another time on this show that NASCAR, we have. It's never, it's never good enough, no matter what. <laughs> That's right. I mean, isn't that part of being a NASCAR fan? It, it Nothing is ever good enough. Oh, yeah. N nothing's ever good enough in NASCAR. And once we start fixing things that don't need to be fixed, then they just get bigger problems. So, That's right. NASCAR. Josh mm. Berry sucked. He got zero points, too. That's... Well, yeah, because he's declared for Xfinity points. You have to declare um, which series you want points in. That's how they. Um, interesting. That's how they stopped the Cup guys from winning Xfinity and Truck championships. That'll do it. Yep. But Kyle then e even after that, they still kept running a lot of races. So that's when they had to limit them on how many races they could run, which I still think is stupid. I I kind of agree, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's like. I don't know, when you see Cup guys not in the lower series and then guys in Xfinity and Trucks getting promoted to Cup series and then they just get they just get mopped on the floor right. by the Cup guys. It, it's I know a couple Xfinity drivers and truck drivers have talked about this recently. I, I think it's interesting to see more light get shed on it, but a lot of the Xfinity guys, I think we just assumed for a long time, just absolutely hated when the Cup guys came and beat the crap out of them but a lot of them have come out and said recently that they they enjoy it when the cup guys come down because they do get that extra challenge that they're not really mm -hmm. gonna get from other xfinity guys it makes them race right. harder well because they can use that as a measuring stick to see where they are to see if they really are ready for cup i mean 
look at Ty Gibbs. He dominated Xfinity last year. I don't even remember how many races he won, but it was too many. Um, goes to Cup this year in the best car, and so far hasn't done anything. I mean, I know we're only three races in, but he's barely like been in the top 20 most of the time. Man, he went from, what, like fourth to 22nd in 20 laps or something mm-hmm. today? Yep. I remember seeing that stat, and I texted you, and I, I said I thought it was really funny. I yeah, that car that he had today, that he gets a sponsor on that. How much more lame can you get for a paint scheme? Like biblical message aside, mm-hmm. they even JGR even posted a video of them wrapping that car, and it's like <laughs> here's black, here's the Toyota decals, here's a hood decal. We're done. That's it. Yeah, it, it's. Between that and the monster scheme, really, come up with something. With so many graphic designers and access to graphic design in the 21st century, crap like that cannot be acceptable. Well, and that's just a problem with JGR paint schemes as a whole. Outside of the interstate battery scheme, the current interstate battery scheme, they really don't generally have very good paint schemes most of the time. I mean, the old interstate battery schemes were pretty good and then they went through a stretch where they were pretty bad and now the current one the hood logo <laughs> yeah yeah and now the current one though has gotten back to where it's really good but outside of that most of the jgr schemes suck and i did like it, denny hamlin's like 50th anniversary of fedex or whatever that he did for daytona 500 that one, that one was one pretty cool. good the, the uh, no I'll... fedex scheme is kind of all right it it it's kind of like one of those things you don't really want to change it too much because it just that's just kind of a classic now. I wish but. he'd just go back to more of like an all purple FedEx scheme. I thought that looked better. Yeah, or do the old FedEx air freight ground whatever. Mm-hmm. I always like. Well, I mean, he still he still does that. It's just right. the same paint scheme. Right. I just remember as a kid you'd turn on NASCAR race and be like oh which paint schemes Denny Hamlin running this yeah. weekend it was just kind of interesting I, I hate the whole corporate whatever now that it's just one paint scheme well, for the whole year and the funny part about his paint schemes back then were the only difference was like the logo would be a different color otherwise it was the same paint scheme it was just a black scheme with the FedEx logo on it and depending on whether it was ground or freight or whatever it was just a different color like the words and the like logo on the hood yeah, was a different color a different and then they put a stripe on it that was a different color on the side that changed color with the sponsor they might have at one point i know one year it was just straight black all the way across except for the logo on the hood yeah. and like fedex ground or whatever on the the um quarter panel but um yeah there there might have been a stripe in there somewhere one year i don't remember um I'll tell you who has bad paint schemes. They're very good at getting sponsors, but they're not good at making schemes for those sponsors, and that is JTG Doherty. Yeah. Outside of that Cottonelle scheme for Daytona, their schemes are terrible. Like that one yeah. today that was it Smith's or Ralph's or whatever he had on there today. Not it was just even... this, <laughs> yeah, just remember. an ugly <laughs> shade of red. And the logo was pushed about as far down on the hood as it could possibly go, almost down onto the bumper. And then the rest of the hood was just blank. I do remember last year, JGD Doherty kept trying to, like, shoehorn two primary sponsors Mm -hmm. onto one car, and it just ended up being 
like the hood was a sponsor and the rest of the car was a sponsor and it just looked pathetic. And that goes back to my gripe from earlier. You can't have this much easy access to good graphic design and and do something like that. that. <laughs> I, and I mean, this might just be nostalgia, but I don't remember that happening with the Gen 6 cards as much as we see now. I don't know that it happened as much as we see now, and I think that was more because the numbers weren't pushed to where they are now. Um, that ruined the Wood Brothers paint scheme. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, definitely. It ruined a lot of paint schemes because all they did was move the number forward and didn't really change the scheme outside of that, so it didn't really work. Put a billboard on the side of the car. It's just... I, un- I understand. I get it. But... You go from watching the Xfinity race with all these cars that actually look good, and you go to the Cup race, which they just look terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple that look okay. Kyle Busch's Lucas Oil paint scheme from last week, I really like. I don't know why. That's like <laughs> the most basic car design ever. It's basically just the HendrickCars.com paint scheme part two, but yeah, you know, I like it. It really is, and that that's the weird thing, is I don't know how they can do that and have the same scheme and not even be at the same team because it it mostly is without like the white on the side but it's got like that little whoop-de-doo coming out of the front tire that's like exactly the same I, d- I don't know how they like you would think there would be something copyrighted about that scheme to where they couldn't do that I guess not but I do like that one better than the Hendrick scheme for some mm-hmm. reason i don't know it might just be lucas oil bias because i'm a colts fan but whatever yeah got anything anyway. else to talk about in the cup race i don't think so let's move on to xfinity which was overall a pretty boring race nothing really happened in that race for 99 percent of it until, until like last two, two laps laps. to go yeah when chandler smith somehow gave up a three second lead I don't know how he did that. It felt like um, a rock. Yeah, right? And gave up an easy dub, an easy dub. And all of a sudden, a lap and a half left, here's Austin Hill and Justin Allgaier out of nowhere right on his bumper. And, of course, he'd fallen back so far. There was no – there was really no defending it. Hill and Allgaier were so much faster than him. I feel like if there had been another lap, Allgaier probably would have gotten Hill – he just yeah. ran out of laps, but he was coming faster than Hill was, and he just didn't have enough laps. One more lap, though, and I think we'd have had a different winner. But nevertheless, two wins and three races for Austin Hill. Early championship favorite, I think, is definitely a possibility for him. Yeah, not a whole lot to talk about in the Xfinity race other than Chandler Smith's t- uh, tires just turning into squares at the end of the race for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a whole lot happened. There was a spin or two, not any really giant crashes or anything. Austin Hill's paint scheme was freaking awesome, by the way. It was. I, I love that thing. I really hope we get a race win diecast for that. Um, we will find out tomorrow, or technically today. Okay. But it usually, Xfinity and truck wins, if they offer them, they usually put them up on Mondays. Uh, top 10 rundown, Austin Hill with the win, Justin Allgaier second, Chandler Smith in third, Kyle Busch in fourth for colleague, fifth, Josh Berry, rounding out top five, sixth, Joe Nemec- John Hunter Nemechek, 
Almost Wrong Nemechek. There. Yeah. Uh, Sam Mayer in seventh. Riley Herbst in eighth. Another top ten for Riley Herbst. In ninth, Sheldon Creed. And in tenth, Daniel Hemrick. I actually got a top ten on my prediction this week. You did. Good job. Um, speaking of Joe Nemechek, um, have you listened to Hardy's new album? I have not. He's got a song on there where he name drops Joe Nemechek, of all people. That... <laughs> that's out that's out of left field right I, I did not expect that but i very much enjoyed it i never thought i'd hear the name joe nemechek in a song but it was really uh, cool Hardy, like the countries yeah really yeah well his new album is really good by the way i would highly recommend listening to it it's like a dual album half of it is country like really good country not like a lot of the crap that's on the radio right now and then the other half is like really good rock like it it transitions in the middle of one song in the middle, like half of the song is country, and then it changes to rock by the end of the song, and then the rest of the album after that is rock. Luke Combs just dropped a pretty good album, too. I haven't listened to the whole album yet. I haven't been super impressed with a couple of the songs that were released early off of there. Um, I'll uh, have to listen it, to the whole got, album, though. It's got three or four that are okay. I hate... This is a rabbit hole of rants that I can go into here. <laughs> I hate when people make albums that have, like, two good songs, and then you mm-hmm. buy the album, and you get, like, 18 awful songs for free. Yeah, like, they release all the good songs. songs before, and the, just to get you to buy the album, and then yeah, everything they didn't release before isn't very good. The best song comes out as a single, and then mm-hmm. you're like, I can't wait for the album, and it's nothing like the single. and you just, Right. The the Hardy album is not like that. Like, there's a couple songs in there. Like, it's very hard to make a full album, especially one that I think it's 18 songs. It's very hard to make an 18 song album where every one of them are bangers. But so there's a couple of them in there that are a little mediocre. But for the most part, overall, I thought it was a really good album. <laughs> How the hell did we get on Hardy? <laughs> Joe Nemechek. Oh, Joe Nemechek. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, moving on to the truck race because literally nothing happened in the Xfinity race. Yep. Kyle Busch getting the win for the truck series. Now at KBM, that is KBM still, isn't it? Yep. Now that they're Chevrolet. There was a there was a rumor that it was going to change to Colleague at one point last season when the whole that. when the whole thing about him going to Chevy was announced. There was a possibility that his truck team was going to become Colleague. And then at one point, it was just going to become an RCR truck team, but then eventually it just stayed KBM. Gotta love the rumor mill. Zane Smith coming home in second place. Ben Rhodes in third. Corey Heim in fourth. Ty Majeski in fifth, rounding out top five. Christian Eck is coming home in sixth after probably, arguably, the best save I've seen by a NASCAR driver in years, going from bottom to top. Kissing the wall and coming back down. Maybe Christian, talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah. Carson Hosevar in seventh. He had a really good run in the middle of the race. Chase Purdy in eighth. Grant Enfinger in ninth. And Jose Garcia. Jake Garcia? Jake Garcia. Shows how much I know about the truck series. Was the list you were looking at just first initial? Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I was like, how do you I, mix I can, up Jake with Jose? <laughs> no, I, I can say words. I'm just going off a of first initial, which I, I feel like I did pretty well except for that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got 9 out of 10. 
Well, and oh, if you were using that for Cup and Xfinity, too, you got 29 out of 30. There we go. So, I was there we using go. the same thing for all of them, so okay, we're working on it. <laughs> Future reference, use racing reference. Okay. Racing-reference.info? Yeah, racing-reference.info. You will lose yourself in some of the stats that you find on there. I don't... <laughs> I'm going to be Mike Joy Part 2 on this podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to Christian. Yeah, incredible save from Christian Eck is there. And I, and I think Christian is a very underrated talent and hasn't really gotten a lot of the breaks that he deserves up to this point. And I, and I say that full well knowing that he drove for both Kyle Busch Motorsports and for Thor Sport up to this point. Uh, but got kicked out of KBM before things really started taking off for him there. And then the Thor sport deal was a little weird, but I think as long as the equipment is under him at McAnally Hilgeman, we're going to see some really big things from him this year. And so far it seems like the equipment is there under him. That truck has surprised me how fast it's been with him in it because Derek Krause showed glimpses of speed in that truck over the past couple of years, but nothing super consistently. And I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's a comment on Derek as a driver or if it's a comment on where the equipment was before this year. But either way, Christian seems to be doing better consistently through the first couple races than Derek had in that truck. Now. Again, we're only two races into the season, so we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Christian could stink up the show for the rest of the year. I don't see that happening. But um, I I do think we've got some good things on the horizon for Christian this year. I The way he's run for the first couple races, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple wins out of him this year in that truck and maybe a deep playoff run as well. It, he's got the speed, I think, to do it as long as the luck is there for him. Yeah, I'm not super into all the truck series equipment and how everything's rated in there but it did seem nice to see him look pretty confident in that car for mm -hmm. most of the race today and then i don't remember how he did at daytona but he was the, he was the fastest be... truck in daytona and if it hadn't rained probably would have won okay. it, yeah, it just I mean... it, it rained at the wrong moment to where zane was out front and not christian yeah i think confidence is probably the best thing you can say about new team and truck series not new team but new team for him and truck series and mm -hmm. just which it still good, is a fairly better still is a fairly new truck team i think this is only their third or fourth season in the truck series before that they were strictly an arca west team so it's i think they're still in a bit of a learning curve for the truck series but they seem to be finally uh getting their their feet under them equipment wise um because it does seem like that equipment is better this year than it was last year. Another Napa paint scheme that smacks other than Chase Elliott's. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they continue to make not-so-great Napa schemes for Chase. I really wish they would just get rid of the white and go back to just solid Napa blue. Those were always the best Napa schemes. Get rid of the white, just solid Napa blue. Be chef's kiss. <laughs> We rate paint schemes on here too, by the way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. We so... rate we rate country albums. We rate paint schemes. You know, uh, 
Are, are, are we sure this is a, a racing podcast? It's as good as we're going to get. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you if you came to listen to me and Garth talk about anything and you wanted a serious conversation, you shouldn't have shown up. Yeah, we're, we're not the right two people for that. <laughs> no, but at least we're going to have fun, and maybe you can too. That's right. Next week, we're going to the dreaded desert place of Phoenix for... The dreaded ex- desert place. I, I hate Phoenix. <laughs> God, that hasn't been a good track in, since they took the dirt out of the dog leg. Yeah. I You know, I was thinking about that not too long ago. That was really when Phoenix got not so great, when they opened up the dog leg and took out the grass down there. Because Phoenix wasn't terrible before that. It's not like it was a fantastic track. I remember but... one good race that was like Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart kind of fighting each other to the finish. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there was the playoff race that Alex Bowman took out like half the playoff contenders, <laughs> and that's pretty much well, it you're, from Well, you're thinking too recently also. You're not thinking like Gen 4 days back then, which Gen 4 was good practically everywhere, so I don't know that that's a good measuring stick. Gen 4 was just a goaded car as it is, but um, I know it sounds weird for me to say goaded, doesn't it? The, <laughs> the, the dinosaur boomer over here trying to throw out Gen Z slang. Oh my no, God. nothing to say to that. We're, no, we're bringing no. back the Sinclair oil sign for Garth. <laughs> He's got Dynaco as a sponsor. We're, we're going, we're going all the way to the cup series. That's right. Year. That's right. The, all the podcast money that we're getting is going to go throwing into cup team. We're going to, Oh We're yeah, that, beat the that, crap out of the wall. But. That whole negative balance that we've made off of this so far. <laughs> hey, I'm not in the hole yet. <laughs> not yet, but we're probably gonna have to get you a new mic soon. So, yeah, before I eat this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you so, seem to be getting closer and closer to it every week. I I can't get much closer. If I get any closer, you're not going to be able to see my face at all. But one you know. of these days, we're just going to come onto the podcast, and you're just going to be holding it here on like on your mouth. Oh, dear God. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, well, we did truck results, so I guess is that is that all we got to talk about for trucks? We talked about Christian Eckes. That's pretty much all I got. We're already talking about Christian. We, we don't need to build up Christian's ego any more than it already is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that means it is time for predictions before we wrap up for the night, because Tyler has places to be at 3.30 in the morning that are not bed, surprisingly enough. Shockingly. Um, right? Of course, Tyler never sleeps, so I don't know how this man functions most of the time, but he functions on about two hours of sleep most of the Yeah, his Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar, um, which is weird since it has no sugar. I don't know how that really helps you that much. but Apparently it's still got caffeine. Maybe I'm, I don't know. You're just I got like a three-hour nap earlier, so we're good for the next 36 hours. Yeah, Tyler's built different like that. You bet. All right, predictions for this week. Uh, do we? Well, we're not gonna do F1 predictions because let's be honest, it's we're probably gonna be Verstappen pretty much every Max week. Max Verstappen, as it is. I win yeah, for the next right? 18 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, 18 weeks. Okay, I got him for Abu Dhabi then. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. The championship's <laughs> going to be locked up for five races before that. So Pretty much. Okay, oh, so no trucks this week, right? I think it's just uh, it's just Arca, Xfinity, and Cup, right, I do no, believe. Yeah. No trucks this week. Uh, no IndyCar. 
All right, so we'll start off with Xfinity predictions for the weekend for Phoenix. Uh, Tyler, who you got? You got Josh Berry this weekend for Xfinity Series at Phoenix. I think the JRM cars have been pretty good past couple races at Phoenix, and Josh Berry seems to do pretty well at that track, to my knowledge. He does. Um, I wouldn't say he's the best there, but I think that is a very solid pick. Now, who I will say is probably the best in the Xfinity series at Phoenix is who I'm going to pick. And I'm going to go with his teammate, Justin Allgaier. Allgaier has always been very fast, has a couple wins at Phoenix. So I think Justin Allgaier gets another Phoenix dub this weekend. Picks up his first win of the season. Fan, don't even bother watching the race this weekend now. Well, uh, Sam Mayer or Brandon Jones still could win. That's true. You're already 50% of your team out for this weekend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, so if your driver is Justin Allgaier or Josh Berry, probably not a good idea to watch. So given our track record for uh, for picks so far. Although all three of my picks from uh, Vegas were in the top 10 this weekend, Heim, Mayer, and Suarez. So, That's true. Um, Maybe we're, we're getting there. That's yeah, maybe. Maybe by the end of the Probably season not. we'll actually get one right. Yeah. All right. Uh on to the cup race. Tyler, who you got? I have Kevin Harvick for this weekend. I think the Stuart Haas cars were pretty good on the flatter tracks last year. Kevin Harvick always good at Phoenix. Not maybe not so much recently, but I think the Stuart Haas cars will do pretty well. The Fords did pretty well in general on the flat tracks last year with the next gen car and just be interesting to watch. I think Kevin Harvick might have a trick up its sleeve for his last season. You know what? I'm regretting letting you go first because honestly, I was going to pick Harvick, even though he hasn't won at Phoenix for, I feel like it's been five or six years at this point. I don't know exactly how long it's been, but it's been a little bit since his domination period at Phoenix. But um, I agree. I do have a good feeling about Harvick this weekend, but since you picked him, um, I'm going to follow the rules here and pick someone else, and I am going to go with Ryan Blaney. I think he has had a fairly solid start to the season. Not great, but has shown some speed, and I think Phoenix has been a good track for him in the past, question mark. I don't really remember, to be honest, uh, but here's hoping that this is a good track for Ryan Blaney, and... <laughs> Uh, he does well this weekend, but given the track record of our picks, probably not. He's probably going to run about 25th all day. I don't know. Brian Blaney, usually in top five, top ten for most of the race, he just can't seem to win for whatever reason the past he's one of those guys. He, he's one of those guys that's very consistent, always has speed, usually is always up front. Just I don't know if he's – just not as aggressive as he needs to be a lot of the time or what it is. But I think he's, he's one of those guys that's just very content with being consistently good, but not necessarily winning a lot, which he does consistency... not seem very content when they cut to him on radioactive every week. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's more just the Penske team doesn't really follow the track and get adjustments right for him throughout the race. Cause they'll start pretty strong and kind of stay there the rest of the race oh did you see uh the truck team whose pit crew didn't show up until like the end of stage one mm -hmm. 
Because they had plane issues. I know. What a deal. There were, there was a few teams, actually, that they were all in the same plane. Um, so it, it wasn't just one team. Yeah. But, yeah, there, there was a few teams. Kyle Busch was one of them. Can you imagine if Kyle Busch had to start and park in the truck? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, he Kyle had to Bush make a pit gets out. He's, he gets out and starts changing tires himself or something. <laughs> well, no, he had to make a pit stop before his crew showed up. So they just used random guys off the road crew that were there, and it was a super slow stop. It was like 30-some-odd seconds. Interesting. I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, because he pitted break, right before the end. Like, there was that caution with, like, 10 laps to go before the end of stage one. He yeah. pitted under that caution, which is what kind of got him a little off sequence. Um, and that was before his pit crew showed up. So it was just random dudes off the road crew that weren't pit crew guys and weren't trained for it, so they were super slow at it. Yeah. Now we're going to have like this weird thing in NASCAR where somebody's going to have an emergency pit crew on standby at every race and spend yeah. a whole lot more money than they need to just because Southwest can't get your plane oh, to the right spot. Doc. Doc. Man down. All right, we got anything else to mention other than the fact that Phoenix sucks for the ninth time? Other than the fact that Doc's got litter on his back, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think that's probably him. gonna about do it for this week. So, thanks for hanging out with us for the past hour or so, however long it has been. Um, hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you for Phoenix coverage this weekend. Should be an Arca and an Xfinity rewind here. Um, on RNN this weekend, and then uh, we'll be back next week, Wednesday, 6 p.m. for the video version, and sooner than that for the audio version, if that is your cup of tea on your favorite podcast platform. So I think that's going to about do it. So at that, I'm Garth, that's Tyler, and this is the Rookie Stripes Podcast on Racing News Now.